Okay. Hello. Welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and today I'm joined by Emily Cherto. Did I say your last name right? Yep. Cherto. Cherto. Like a chair is on your toe. Good. <laughs> uh, Emily Cherto is the founder of Journaling Classes and the community manager at the Washington Post. She is a Brooklyn-based creative and often spends time in parks with friends and in coffee shops with her journal. Emily is passionate about advocating for mental health, human connection, and the power of putting pen to paper. Emily created these spaces to hold space for others and to give people the opportunity to dig deeper into valuable connections and thoughts. All the prompts instructed are handmade with love and can be used on a regular basis or as needed. Thank you for joining us, Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course. So I should preface that I had kind of a random way <laughs> of meeting Emily, um, even though we both went to Penn State, same graduating class. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't meet there. And what happened was when I was accepted into the Columbia Publishing course, I went on LinkedIn to see if there was anyone else that I knew who had attended the course. And there wasn't. But I did find Emily, who I had all these mutual connections with. Mm -hmm. And um, she had done it as well. And so I reached out. And we ended up hopping on a phone call mm -hmm. and then discovering that we also live around the corner from each other, <laughs> which is just, it's just such a small world, especially in Brooklyn, which is quite large. Like yeah. I was really blown away. It's like such a small world that one, we went to the same undergrad, yes. never crossed paths. And then two, went to the same post-grad program. Yeah. And this is like, I've done a lot of podcasts, but because of the pandemic, I haven't, it's all been through Zoom. So this is like I know. a treat to be sitting here. I know we're doing this in, in person. person. And I have to say, I was a little bit nervous about like the space. Like I mm -hmm. kind of wanted to do on the roof, but there's just so many more uncontrolled variables up there and mm. no outlets. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know about you, but just the environment, like a space, I, I do know about you because I went to your learning class and you're very aware of a space, yeah. <laughs> but just kind of creating that ambiance, that feng shui, like it makes a difference. It does like that. The space that you sit in that you're content in is everything. That's why I'm like such so obsessed with like creating my space of my home. Like I'm an, a huge person being like home is wherever your feet are. But I also believe like where you lay your head at night is super important. And I also know what it feels like to walk into somewhere and feel like comforted by not just the people that are there, but the space that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you the kind of person that like unpacks right after a trip? Like I like to nest and like kind of just get everything yeah. settled and yeah, figured I feel out. like after trip, I feel so discombobulated for about a week Yeah, because while I like to unpack, I'm still like getting reacclimated. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But it, so to go back to what you're saying, it is crazy. Like those three quince, like connections. And then also the fact that my most recent journaling class was also like right around the corner from your place too. I know it was in a pop-up and I was going to say that later, but um, I'm so glad I went to that because there was something, uh, there was something in my intuition that told mm -hmm. me that I should go and I actually had other plans. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I watched your story and you were like, cancel your other plans. <laughs> I felt like you were talking to me and I was like, I will cancel my other plans. I'm so glad um, you did. No, I'm really glad I did. Especially cause I feel like you've taken a, like a s small hiatus at the moment and yeah. so I'm glad I caught it. Yeah, I definitely, um, I'm sure we'll get into this, yeah. but, um, I, have cranked so hard at journaling classes like during the pandemic I was having three a week 
Oh, really? Yeah. Were those in person or were they? All virtually. Virtually. Yeah, which is such a gift, such a cool thing because of being able to connect with so many more people. But um, recently I realized that I have to take care of myself before I can take care of other people. And I'm experiencing like just some exhaustion and burnout. So I have taken the last two months off of not really having too many classes. That's fair. Well, yeah. thank you for doing this then. I yeah, really appreciate I'm glad it. glad to be here. Um, okay, so I first kind of want to dive into a little bit more of like your origin story, so to speak. Sure. And um, then, of course, how the journaling class came to be. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to kick it off. I kind of wanted to kick it off with a little bit of a more fun question. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were little, what did you yeah. want to be when you grew up? That's so crazy. We have I have a cereal box that I decorated in fifth grade saying... Um, I didn't even say something specific of what I wanted to be. I said I wanted to help take care of other people, which really? is so crazy. Yeah, like, that's and that's so like what I feel like, like I'm so able aware. to do with this. It, it is. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I wanted to be like an architect. Right? Yeah, I and I also that wrote that I wanted to be the first female president. Okay, <laughs> so all of it still aligns. Um, but yeah, I always. I guess to. even in fifth grade, that's what I wanted to do, do was to be helping other people. But that's great. Um, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a family business. Okay. So I think that's where I've gotten a lot of my work ethic, mm-hmm. um, which I'm super grateful for. And I've also grown up with um, a p- parents that pushed me to be like, go after what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. My dad was more of like, if you fall, suck it up and get back up. And my mom was the one that allowed me my creativity to really come in. So I kind of feel like I'm very fortunate that I had um, both sides of things. Someone that was like, get your shit going. And then the other being like, let's channel like, and take care of ourselves and still work hard. That's great. And did you study broadcast journalism at Penn State? Yeah. So I studied, I started in print and then I worked my way into broadcast because I realized I love talking. I love this kind of stuff. Um, But a little bit more origin to to take it back even further is um, in high school, I, my mom was like, you love to help people and you love to write. Why don't you pitch an idea to the local newspaper? So I pitched this idea of a Dear Emily, which was similar to Dear Abby. Oh, I remember you telling me this in the class. Yes. Okay. So for, I pitched it to my local newspaper and they were like, okay. I'm like, what are you doing? Wait, what grade was this in? This was when I was in 10th grade. Okay, cool. Yeah. So in 10th grade, I had a weekly advice column in my local newspaper where people would write in and ask me questions and I would answer them. That's so cool. It's so crazy (laughs) to think back like when I was fifth, what? 15 that I was giving advice to parents like what but I go back and it's really cool to see how it evolved like with me and my womanhood and like the most rewarding thing I think of like my career is having like people in my community come up to me saying hey Emily we took your article out of the newspaper and talked about it at dinner or your article is hanging on our fridge I'm like that is the most like that's what success looks like to me oh that's so sweet yeah so So, that's where I realized I love journalism okay 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 gotcha yeah so but you did you kind of intend on writing or you wanted to talk more um you know it's so funny and I think I can take ownership in this now is like I um 
have done so much writing. I've done hard news. I've done opinion pieces. I've done creative writing. Um, but now in my womanhood and as I've evolved in my career, I'm, I don't necessarily identify as a writer. Like okay. I don't have strong punctuation and grammar and mm. I'm more of like, but do you think that's what it, that's what it means to be a writer? Like, I don't think necessarily, I think it comes from like what's in your noggin and like yeah. what you have to share with other people. Um, but I can take ownership that I'm not like the most poetic writer and, okay. um, or I don't love writing hard news stories. It's not my strong suit and that's okay, but I still think I'm a great journalist. So, okay, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, it's interesting you say that. Cause I guess now I feel like I call myself a writer a lot, mm-hmm. but it's great. Yeah, but it's, I feel like it's only since I've been writing for other people. Mm. And I don't know whether there's like a disconnect there because I feel like you write for yourself a lot mm-hmm. and that count, that should count. I guess that is true. Right? Yeah, sometimes I've never, I don't really look at my journaling as um, writing, but obviously it's yeah. 100% writing. It's, a, it's, a, it's also a style. Yeah. Like even if it's not for our other people or for yeah. like a journalism kind of mm-hmm. environment. Um, I don't know, just a side note. Um, okay. So I want to talk about post-grad a little bit because that's just been my like bread and butter this whole time. Yeah. Um, given how crazy it has been for me at least. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if your pa- pandemic aside, yes. if your vision of post-grad, how that compared to reality hmm. of what it's been like. So we had about like what two a year and a half, two years before the pandemic hit post grad. Yeah. Um, I think I'm really hard on myself and I've beaten myself up a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, and not to toot my own horn, I do feel like really grateful and proud of myself for where I landed post grad. I knew in college that I wanted to get my butt to New York City. And two weeks after college, that's what I did. And then also... Where are you from originally? State College. I literally grew up with Oh, okay. Penn I knew State that is. too. Yeah. yeah. And also this Columbia course um, was what I had wanted to get into since sophomore year of college. So it's always been on my really? radar. Yeah. I knew about oh. it for so long and I was like, this is what I want to do. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I feel like... All through college, I had so many goals, but the biggest goal was to get into Columbia program and then go to New York, move to New York City. Wow. Yeah. But when I got there, I was, I got all banged up because living in New York is hard. Yeah. That was going to be my second. (laughs) My next question was, has New York City adult life been as challenging to navigate for you as it has been for me? Because it's been tough for me. Yeah. And I think we need to talk. I think we as 20 somethings, that conversation needs to be had more often Yeah. because what people are so often seeing is, yes, we live a really beautiful, cold life, but yes, uh, it's actually super lonely sometimes. And it's also like, there's moments where you're like, what the heck am I doing with my life? Um, I, I've had to catch myself recently because mm-hmm. I have this tendency, um, to tell people like, you can, you can do it. Like you can live here mm-hmm. on very little and make it work. Like mm-hmm. I've lived here for three years with minimum income right. and like pulled it off mm-hmm. and it's been fine. And even just this past week, I kind of like had to hit like the pause button on that Mm -hmm. and and remind myself that 
it hasn't been easy. Like, even though I sometimes think I make it look easy, it doesn't mean it is. And I, in a way, I feel like I've discredited myself Mm -hmm. by making it sound like you can do, you can do hard things. Like you can, which you can, Mm -hmm. but it's hard. It and is it's been hard. hard. And, and it, exactly, it's been hard. And then there's seasons of it where you're like, oh, I got this. And then other times where you're like, ooh, this, Yeah, I'm navigating rocky waters. But I do feel like since the three years since we've been out of school, which is so crazy, that um, I've lived, and you probably feel the same, is like, I feel like I've lived so many seasons of life. Yeah, I feel like I, uh, even the person I no doubt the person I am today is completely different. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if New York, um, uh, propels that kind of growth just Mm -hmm. because it's so fast paced or Mm -hmm. if that's something I would have experienced at home anyway. But, um, I feel like I was forced to grow quickly. Yeah. It definitely pushes you. And what I, I also love, like, I feel like New York pushes me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Except it's so, crazy I'm saying that because recently I've been talking with my mom like I think I'm gonna float away for a couple of months um I was gonna ask if you planned on staying here long term I that's a really interesting question I don't have an answer to that because there's like nowhere else I'd I'd want home base to be yeah but right now I kind of feel uh too comfortable here really yeah like um like in a way that it's like stunting your growth yeah, kind of, and holding me back, like, um, I'm so grateful for the job and career I have, but I don't feel like I'm being challenged or pushed right now, Mm. um, professionally, like, emotionally at times I'm being pretty pushed, but I feel like I need something to, like, change for me to find my motivation again. So what do you think you're, do you know where you're going to go to? Yeah, I think I'm going to go to California for a little bit. Okay. And I've done that a few times. I'll go out there for Yeah, like you were out there for the, during the pandemic, right? Um, yeah, for a month. And then I've gone for like a few months. Okay. Randomly here and there. But gotcha. um, out, when I'm out there and by the ocean, I feel like so inspired again. Or mm. um, being able to explore new places is something that like kicks things back up for me and gets my wheels going, which I think I need yeah. again. What part of California? Like Southern California, I think this time I'm going to be in um, like Venice. I've never been. It's uh, incredible. I really want to go. I really suggest you do. I I realized that recently I feel um, in the past two years, there's like two people I'm thinking of specifically who always travel, mm-hmm. um, even just to different parts of the country for like weekend trips or like long weekends mm-hmm. or whatever. And I've always been pretty jealous, like, like they're doing that again that looks so fun da, da. Yeah. and then it, I finally realized like there I could do that yeah, like just there's like you're nothing telling, just like you're telling people that they can live in New York City yeah you can also like go it would that. be hard for me because yeah. like I do need some career stability <laughs> first to yeah. pull that off but it's not out of the question yeah. and I it's something that I really want to do I really yeah. want to see a lot of parts of this country that I've never been to like I've traveled so much abroad Mm. and there's just so much of this country that I haven't seen yet it's so crazy to think that and it's so true also I I'm such an avid I just came back from like some solo travel right that really kicks your shit up you're like the third person I've talked to this week about solo travel yeah um it's so cool and it's such a gift to give yourself I 
really advocate for everyone taking the space to one do stuff alone like date yourself hang out with yourself love being with yourself but two also like take those weekend trips that you want by yourself sometimes because that is the biggest way to push yourself out of your comfort zone and your element yeah that's a good idea did you know people in california when you went out there yeah so so most of California was, it mostly I was like staying the traveling with friends. Portion? Yeah. Okay. Um, and seeing people. But then I took like a week and a half to be in Colorado. Oh, nice. So See, fun. See, uh, this is, I just talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. My sister lives in Colorado. Okay. And um, I don't get out there enough. Like I need to. I, it's gorgeous. Allie, if you're listening to this, I'm coming <laughs> out there soon. <laughs> this is um, you promising her. This is again. my promise. <laughs> uh, this is my manifestation I that, that I will be out there. Um, awesome. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I, how did, I don't even it. know how we really got upon that. Just, well, we were talking about New York and then you were saying mm-hmm. that you were going to float away for a minute. Yeah. Um, so to circle back. Yes. To journaling class, because I know a bit about your professional life at the moment, but mm-hmm. how did journaling class come to be? Because yeah. I know that uh, predates your job at the moment. Yeah. So I had... My first journaling class, August 2018, in Washington Square Park, and okay. um, I so for context, that is the f- like the summer after we were out of college. Yeah, like two months after we were in college, right, like in the heat of summer mm-hmm. during Columbia or right after Columbia mm-hmm. or something. And um, I had this idea to. Well, first of all, I mean, I moved to the city, got into Columbia. I was like all around all these nerds that were so much like myself that love to read and write and do fun stuff. But I'm like, well, I'm around all of these people but and in New York City where there's so many people. But how can I feel still so like alone? Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to connect with like minded people and in a place that I felt most myself so junior year of college I interned um, at the Washington Post and I lived in NYU dorms that were right on Washington in Washington Square Park which was crazy I'll never live like that again but um, (laughs) just like so close to the park but every day after work I would go journal in Washington Square Park and Mm. I to this day say that's where I found myself like journaling in Washington Square Park every single day post work I would sit in that park and journal and it would bring um the right kind of people into my life giving Mm. me conversations I needed I met the most unique incredible people by sitting on a park bench every single day yeah and then I would start to meet the same people that would come up to me and um it really gave me a space where I could explore myself with my journal. So I chose Washington Square Park because it's such a special place to me. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I wanted to connect with like-minded people. I felt lonely. I know other people were feeling it too. Um, and everyone has always asked me, like, how do you journal, Emily? Like, what the heck are you posting on your Instagram? <laughs> like, what are you journaling yeah. about? And I'm like, there's really no wrong way to do it. And I... I know it's something that has truly saved my life and has helped me with so many turning points or challenges or high points even in my life. And when, so it makes me be passionate about it. And when I'm passionate about something, I want to share it with as many people as possible. Um, Hmm. So 
I just found a random Saturday in Washington Square Park. I handmade like a hundred flyers and really? wrote my email and number on them and posted them all over um, the West Village coffee shops and cafes and different spots and hoping people would show up for this thing. Not really thinking it would become what it is today. Just, wow. just a thing I was like, this is going to make me feel good, so yeah. I'm going to do this. Um, and then I took all of my fun stuff, created a cool environment in the park, and um, eight people showed up. Two of those people that I dragged off of the park bench, four of the people that were my best friends that surprised me, Aww. and then two other um, people I knew in the city. And it was like, the biggest gift to be able to sit in a circle and journal with other people um, in this act of self-care, but also to connect with these people and the yeah. act of like taking care of our brains and having these hard conversations together. That's amazing because I feel like one of the challenges of living in New York is finding a community or like feeling at yeah. home in your neighborhood. And it sounds like you were able to create that for yourself like right off the bat. Yeah. And well, I think it was because I was super intentional with it. Yeah, I was like, I, I'm so glad I still have the college friends that I do, but I also know a lot of my college friends aren't in my life in the same way. Um, and I know I wanted to find people that were more like-minded than me in New York city. And that's uh, surprisingly actually really hard to do unless you're intentional with it. But there is so many people like on that are on the same page as me that are in the city. You just have to dig for them a little bit more. Yeah. I will say like, I didn't find, I lived in Hell's Kitchen the first year post-grad. Okay. So I was living in Manhattan, which also I think is important to say that for the first year post-grad, I didn't have this job at the Washington Post. I was right. a waitress. Okay. Yeah. That was, I was also in Manhattan and yeah. also jumping around. But I remember you saying this, that, the journaling class is actually what got you the job at the post. It is. Yeah. So, which is, I love, yeah. I love that so much, but I'll, sorry, I'll yeah. let you explain. Yeah. So I stayed in touch with the team I worked with at the post who are the best people. And, um, they saw that I was posting a lot of stuff about community and connection and human humans on LinkedIn. Cause mm-hmm. I was really starting to pro promote journaling classes because I was starting to go back to universities and do them and stuff as well, Mm -hmm. not just in New York city. Um, because I think students need this, need journaling classes because I know I needed this community. So you were doing them at like Penn state. Oh, cool. But, um, and also waitressing and waitressing. Yeah. Um, while I was also networking and applying places and applying a lot of places where I knew I didn't want to work, which is interesting too. But, um, Yeah, so in that first year, they saw that I was talking about community a lot. And they were like, hey, Em, we think we have a role that we're building right now that you'd be the perfect fit for. Wow. Yeah, so they brought me in. That's wild. I mean, honestly, like, that's kind of the hope I have for myself at the (laughs) moment. It's just like when you're doing your own um, personal endeavors or or chasing your own passions but Mm -hmm. without, like, the permission that you might need to seek otherwise, um, just what that can bring to you. Yeah. I don't think we need permission. Yeah. 
um, to do what we're passionate about. Because if I asked permission, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. Like if I asked, hey, like, of course I bounce ideas off of people, like to the people I care about. But if there's something I want to do, I'm likely going to do it. And that's how journaling classes came to be. Yeah. Um, I think I was kind of forced into that. Like I definitely did that in college, but my first year, my first I guess year and a half, two years out. Yeah. Um, I was just like scrambling to like kind of, of figure it out and then, and work a bunch of different jobs and try to audition and whatnot. But then when the pandemic hit, you know, I didn't have anything mm. going on. Um, and I really struggled with purpose mm. and then that kind of forced my hand into like how do I want to spend my days and yeah. I've recently thought about the term occupation because I feel mm. like I like that better than the I don't know it's different than job you know like yeah. it is like how are you occupying your time and mm. um wow I had to figure that out and figure out what kind of environments I would want to be in and what yeah. kind of like spaces would benefit have you come me. to an answer for that um, it's interesting. I feel like I can compartmentalize a bit because like right now as I'm applying to, um, I would say like salaried positions, sure. I'm still, I'm, I'm starting to look for something more placeholder-y, mm-hmm. but even that I am much more aware of the type of space mm-hmm. I want to spend my time in yeah. and the type of people I want to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like serving doesn't suit me anymore. Like I did that for a long time and that's, there's no, I I know plenty of people that really enjoy it. It's not an environment that I feel like I can grow in or that not even grow, but an environment that I feel comfortable in all the Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Not to say I want to feel comfortable all the time, but for example, like, I don't know, working in a dance studio or somewhere where I'm more physical in that way or like more around people that have that type of passion. Um, but it takes a minute. I don't know. It took me a minute to figure that out. Yeah. Even just, even just for temporary positions, how I want to spend my time. Cause I've had so many jobs. Like I mm-hmm. was even, um, before the pandemic, I was temping as like an office administration assist, office administrative assistant at a few financial institutions. Not my place. Right. You know, it's like asking a fish to climb a tree. Like right. I did fine. But like, in the, yes, that's not the job that you're wanting, but that's what got you to be able to afford New York City and oh, yeah. create a life here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many things that I did that I didn't, uh, would not have been my preference. Um, and I just in my own self growth and right. <laughs> the work that I put in, I'm like, I get to p- be a little pickier now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I um, think that that comes with m- maturity. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I had no idea. Yeah. You know? Um, so I guess that would be my answer. I keep saying, um, because I am still thinking about it. I love that though. I think that's such a, um, is a, th- a moment to take a beat and think. So that's okay. Yeah. And I think there is just so much to think about on this topic. Like, there's so many layers we can really peel back. Yeah, because I'm only talking about placeholder. Like, yeah, when I'm talking about more career trajectory, mm-hmm. that I've also done yeah. a bit of introspection in terms of environments that I want to be in. Right. But overall, it's just where do I want to be most of my day? Like, how right. am I occupying my time? What is what is this particular word occupation rather than job mean mm-hmm. to me? 
I think also the pandemic has really changed that for a lot of people. Yes. Like for me, I know I'm so fortunate to be able to work from home and that's why I've been able to travel so much. And I, are you going to stay remote? I am hoping right now they're saying we go back to the office, but, um, I feel like with the Delta variant that might not be happening, but, um, the pandemic has made me think so much about, like you said, how I want to occupy my time and space. Like, I know that I can get my stuff done with the Washington Post and that I still have time to like enjoy being in my home and do journaling classes and I never want to go back to that so that like there's been a lot of times where I'm like working through if I want to make journaling classes my full-time thing which is Mm. what I continue to share and bring to life more and talk about but um being your own boss is really challenging. Like you're in your own home all the time. Like, yeah. Um, you are the one that's creating your salary. So thinking about, there's just so many factors to take in when you're considering like the next steps for yourself. Yeah. Well, that's even why my roommate was asking me if I want to freelance more because that's been mostly what I've been doing. And, um, I feel like I will go back to that at some point, but Mm -hmm. Freelancing is so challenging when you don't have that stability that like, that's all I've ever wanted is like the stability. Yeah. Um, and I think the older I'm getting, the more stability I want. Yeah. Like the, I, well, cause it's like slightly, it's just like liberating. You know what I mean? And it's not that it means it'll be there forever, but even like I want to travel, like I was talking about and I can still pull it off, but it just would help a little bit. (laughs) Uh, 100%. It's actually interesting. Like I think the first two years of college I was, okay with well I know I'm very lucky I had like a paycheck coming in but I was not making that much yeah I I mean I'm still like on that grind to get more but Mm -hmm. um I think now especially as I am traveling I'm like I want to know that I have the security that I'm going to be able to live comfortably yeah and I've never been driven by money but if I I'm going to be extremely human with you. Money does make me more comfortable. Totally. It makes all of us more comfortable. Allow It provides me with more opportunities to experience life more comfortably. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there's a certain threshold that like, 100%. You know. I always want to be doing something that, um, allows me to fulfill my purpose and gives me f- just general fulfillment. But it is nice to have the stability of, an income. Yeah. I mean, there is no harm in knowing that I am good to pay my rent for a while. (laughs) Right. That's all. Yeah, exactly (laughs) what I'm saying. Um, okay. So we, we went a little bit on a tangent, but (laughs) a a great one. Um, and just to pull it back a little bit more to journaling, I know that you say a lot that, um, it's about like putting pen to paper. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know a little bit more about what that means to you. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, putting pen to paper is the is such a powerful act. Um, to many, it can be challenging at first. It can be the most vulnerable thing you do. But um, for me, what putting pen to paper is, and often for me in journaling classes with um, my journalers, is putting pen to paper in a notebook. Um, and me- the mechanic of moving your wrist and sitting with your f- thoughts a little bit more slowly is a really powerful thing. Um, I think it allows us to take care of our, our our brains in a different way than most people are used to. Um, but also, putting pen to paper, in my eyes, is journaling in a notebook. 
but journaling is any opportunity that you give yourself to get your thoughts out. So I invite people to always carry their journal with them, but a journal can also be the notes pad on your phone or an Mm -hmm. audio message that you send yourself. Um, Journaling can be your grocery list, your to-do list, um, or it can just be a, a... dumping something to your friend like it doesn't necessarily journaling doesn't necessarily have to be um, in a notebook but putting pen to paper is just giving yourself the space permission and opportunity to really sit with what's going on in your brain and in your heart that's great yeah um thank you to turn a little bit into the mental health aspect Mm -hmm. of it how has mental health advocacy played a role in this particular space? Yeah. So I think it's very fortunate that mental health is becoming more of a conversation and that our generation is working really hard to break generational trauma. And it's kind of, I feel like it's amazing. I feel like it's really developed even within the past Mm -hmm. three years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think the pandemic put it on it. A good last, yeah. yeah, which is so great. But um, I know I have loved ones that struggle with mental health. I struggle with mental health. Um, anxiety is part of my life every day. And I've gone through hardship. And so has every other person in their life. So um, I think it's important to normalize it and humanize one another in it. I'm never... Um, an exception or a replacement to professional help. Um, But as a human being, I'm an advocate for therapy. I'm an advocate if you need meds, take your meds. Um, And I just think it's really, really important right now to be talking about these things tied to anything with wellness and mental health. Mm -hmm. Because I think for so long, it was such a taboo. And um, it was so like, tucked away, put under the rug. And now I think there's an opportunity to address it. And I'm like, if I'm going to be on social media, if I'm going to be having these journaling classes, yes, I'm going to post pretty things that happen in my life. But I also think why would I have a platform if I'm not going to talk about the hard stuff too? Yeah. I mean, I think when you are in a position where you're asking other people also to kind of, right explore that it's important to yeah do it yourself yeah exactly and like journaling is such a vulnerable thing it's such a form of self-care and if I'm going to preach that to the choir I like if I'm going to talk the talk I really have to walk the walk yeah and if while I'm walking the walk that doesn't mean that I'm doing it perfectly Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that I'm also okay like I also really struggle and I also have spirals where I'm not journaling as much but that's what makes me human and that's what it's okay I have to give myself permission to know that I know what I'm passionate about with advocating for mental health but that while I'm advocating for it that I'm also working through the stuff that I'm working through yeah totally Mm -hmm. well thank you for doing that work and for sharing that with us um I feel like well I know that you're such an outgoing person and like so full of life and light Mm -hmm. and and do so much for other people and I know a few people like that who um really give a lot of themselves to others and in turn don't 
often save enough for themselves and Mm. tend to experience this like social exhaustion. Do you feel like that's something you actually think I'm feeling it right now? And that's why I've taken um, time off from journaling classes um, because I can't heal someone else if I'm not healed. I'm not ever going to be completely healed, but I have to actively be working on it. And yeah, um, like there's like this outpouring of your own energy. And yeah. Like if you don't save a little bit of it for yourself. Right. And I've had to be super intentional with where and how I give my energy. That's something I'm relearning mm-hmm. or actually I'm unlearning because I realize happily so I'm giving so much of myself to um, my loved ones and, my, and just like literally people that walk down the street, but also the journalers. So like I was finding really earlier on, on that I was burning myself out with journaling classes and I needed to find a way to like recharge and refuel myself. So I talked to a lot of different instructors, facilitators, therapists, guides. I'm like, how can you have such a good experience while giving less of yourself? So Mm -hmm. I am navigating that. And I just know that when I do experience, I'm a very, I am empty a very empathetic person. Mm -hmm. So when I give my love to other people, I have to be super intentional with giving that love back to myself. Mm. So my recharge time is super important. And that's why I think as much as I am an outgoing, loving people person, Mm -hmm. I'm also someone that like really needs their alone time. Do you like, do you consider yourself an introvert? I have no freaking idea. I've (laughs) thought about that question so many times because I'm so comfortable with myself, like hanging, being with myself, Mm -hmm. but I really love to be around people and I love to be busy. Yeah. My mom always explains it as like where you get your energy from. Like if you get your energy from Mm -hmm. being around others or if you get your energy from being alone. Yeah. Um, Cause she claims to be an introvert, which is just (laughs) mind boggling to me. Cause she could talk to a brick wall. Like I swear. Um, But also likes to I always say like I feel like people fuel me Mm -hmm. but when you use your when you get fuel it goes away so I have to recharge when I'm by myself that's fair so once I have like a really good social you don't have to pick one or the other yeah right right (laughs) like once I have a good social weekend or once I have an amazing journaling class I know that I have to take intentional time to be by myself so how do you practice self-care for yourself yeah that's like such um like I could give you like we could have a whole episode on this topic but (laughs) Um, for me, like it really depends on the day or like what I'm experiencing in life. So self-care can look like things such as going on a 10 minute walk, sitting on my stoop, making a good breakfast, taking an extra shower, going to bed early, putting on a face mask. But then also self-care is, um, going to my support group, going to therapy, Mm -hmm. um, putting in the work to like my healing. Mm. Um, but when you're working so actively on like yourself, that also is exhausting at times. So you have to give yourself that extra self care, which is maybe like an extra ice cream treat or silly sure. things like that. There's like so many levels and it's layers. Like it's such a balance. Yeah. Yeah. And so striking that balance is super important, but, um, do you feel like you've gotten better at it? Yeah, I feel like I've always been an advocate for taking care of myself. That's good. But at times it's been hard, like you mentioned, like, because I am giving so much of myself to other people. Yeah, I've realized that I I can be a very functional, sad person or anxious person, you know, and that's like... I've had to check myself even recently 
of being like, just because you can do all these things while you're feeling this way, doesn't mean you should. I think it's a super brave and powerful thing sometimes to say no. Yeah. For so much of my, especially college life, I was a yes man. Mm. I still love being a yes man, but I think it is so empowering when I can say no. Yeah. And I've been saying no a lot more, which is a way of taking care of myself. That's great. I'm so sorry. There's a fly. Um, I know there's a fly that's just so large. I don't like it. <laughs> um, okay. So just to talk a little bit about specifically mm-hmm. the class that I attended because I was so lucky to, um, and on this whole talk about adulthood, mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts about it was how you encouraged everyone to tap into their inner child. Mm -hmm. And that's something I did a lot in acting school. So I know a lot about it, but I haven't gotten to do it in a while. And it was just like, it was such a treat because I, at least at the time too, I was in the middle of the Columbia course and um, very scatterbrained and very existential crises mode. Oh, so yes. getting to doodle on on mm-hmm. a piece of paper with a crayon <laughs> with and a, a crayon. colored pencil yeah it was such a treat so what like what um made you what encouraged you to do that yeah i th- i learned about tapping into my inner child from this book called the artist's way oh i have that book you need to work it I, okay I do, it's really I do. powerful but um it's also really hard and really early on she talks about tapping into their inner child and I've always been an advocate for playing. Yeah. Like, I think we need to play more as adults. Yeah. Like, you need to go to the park, get your hands messy, stomp in the, the mud. Um, I love painting and coloring. And my roommates and I did finger painting in the oh. wintertime, and it was so much fun. That's so amazing. It was great. We, d- we did portraits of each other and they were so bad, but it was like the best. I love that. And that's yeah. so, and you feel so much better after. So yeah. that's why I always start my journaling classes with this act of like making your name tag and decorating mm-hmm. your journal with these playful things that a lot of times people haven't, surprisingly enough, they haven't picked up a crayon in like 10 years yeah. or put stickers on their the dots of their eye in a long time. Yeah. And I think before I have mine here. I, oh, I, I love that. It looks good. There's not, there's not a ton on it, but I think before we, you know, journaling classes is typically like often we're having really real conversations. Mm-hmm. We're really digging into some real stuff in our personal journals. And I think before we tap into like these, not, I don't want to say hard, but like just, authentic I topics of self-care and mindfulness um I think it's important to be light and playful and let go of perfectionism and not think that everything has to look perfect in your journal so before we dig into the hard stuff I always like to start start it with tapping into our inner child yeah yeah I love that well just for anyone who hasn't experienced it Emily is so good at curating this just fun space where you do get to pick up crayons and stickers and colored pencils and doodle and there's snacks and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> also snacks. And yeah, I, I, Oh, I love talking about how I love to make my space so cozy and at home. And I create these places in a way I'm like, what I want to show up here. Yeah. That's what I'm always thinking. What I want to show up here. What if I came into my mom's home, would it feel like this? Like, mm-hmm. 
a cozy, the ambiance is everything Mm -hmm. and making, it's really important for me, especially because we're doing such a vulnerable act that people feel comfortable and safe. So creating a safe space is super important to me. Yeah. I still feel so uncertain about this particular space that we're sitting in right now, but I'm, I'm hoping that you're feeling good. I feel so comfortable. Great. Um, so what would you say to anyone that's never journaled before? I'm sure you have to talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, I have so many, well, if you've never journaled, come to my journaling class, (laughs) but also like be gentle and give yourself some grace. Like you do not have to dump all of your shit in like the journal right away. Like Mm -hmm. start simple, always date the page and then just write three things you're grateful for and then close the page. That was one of my, favorite parts too is that when I did show up I wanted to give gratitude because you know you get caught up in your own problems in Mm. your own world and I am constantly there's just constantly this underlying feeling of gratitude for Mm. the people in my life and just I'm so sorry about this fly um showing up to your space I was Mm. like this is my chance I'm gonna I'm gonna write it that's so (laughs) nice yeah yeah I feel like if you're to feel gratitude is a gift and I think expressing gratitude is a gift as well Mm -hmm. um and being able sometimes it's hard to feel gratitude when the rock the boat feels really rocky yeah but I I've had a whole class on prompts with gratitude and I think there's always something to be grateful for. And I think expressing gratitude in your journal is a great way to begin in general. And I think expressing gratitude for yourself and others um, is a really grounding opportunity to allow yourself to feel like, no, I got this. Everything is actually okay. Do you mind um, sharing like an example of a prompt that you might use or you don't have to use like one that you're saving for anything mm-hmm. special, but yeah, I mean, I, we always start the classes with intention setting. Okay. Um, I always talk about how there's long-term and acute short-term intention setting. This is like not goal setting at all. Mm-hmm. And just giving yourself the space to think about like why you showed up or what you want to get out of the experience that you're getting. So I like to have everyone set like two to three intentions. Um, for what they want to get out of this journaling class experience. Like two years ago when I was going into the conversation where I was going to break up with my boyfriend, I set intentions. Mm. And a lot of days when I know I'm going to go into a big meeting at work, I'll set intentions for that meeting. Mm. So setting intentions just allows us to like be grounded in the present and keep focus on like what we want to get out of each. Like find your center. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. Um, and how do you envision the class growing? Like, yeah. have you been thinking about that? Yeah, a lot. I mean, I, I, the last year and a half, I had two amazing interns um, that really helped me with, like, the logistical stuff. So that helped me allow to myself to focus on the creative. And, yes, while I'm taking a little breather, from journaling classes, I know I want to come back having, um, like products Mm. from journals to candles to things that just feel like journaling classes. Um, but I've also in the pandemic been able to, 
um, move into doing corporate classes with different teams or companies. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which is really great because a lot of the people at these companies don't even know what journaling is or are working so hard that they don't give themselves self care. So I love being like, um, a quiet point for them during the work day. Um, I also just want to continue to give people the space to journal, like in person, obviously, once we get through more of this pandemic and I've been super intentional with when and how I have in-person classes, but being able to grow the community online even more has been really great. So during the heat of the pandemic in the last year, I journaled with 3000 people virtually. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Which is insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, no wonder you need a breather. I know. Thank, <laughs> oh thank you. Yeah. Um, and I forget that, that's though. That's very impressive. For to hear you say that, I'm like, yes, that's why I'm kind of burnt out right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's a lot of leadership. It's and a lot like, of showing up. Yeah. And even, it's a lot of showing up. even with how much practice you have and with how um, wonderful you are at it, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. And I never am like... I don't want to be here right now. But when you love something that much, it's you do need to take those breaks because, mm-hmm. like, God forbid you do burn out yeah. for longer. Exactly. Like, if I don't take care of myself now, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. Yeah. So I'm giving myself the permission to have a breather. But I do see journaling classes moving in a lot of different ways. Um, I just am really grateful that I'm able to share what I'm passionate about with strangers and friends. And it's been really cool, too. At first, journaling classes was just friends and now it's like bringing people out of the woodworks of people I've never it's so funny because I um when I first looked into Emily's Instagram page into your Instagram page Mm -hmm. about journaling class that's when I discovered that she also did a whole thing with Julia Poerio who was my little in Zeta at Penn State and I was like before she transferred and I was like you know Julia like what the heck like it's such yeah, a small so, world yeah Julia is like such an amazing facilitator instructor movement coach mm-hmm. and so I've been able to do like multiple collaborations with her which has also been another really cool thing that I continue to want to expand and grow is doing collaborations with other people that are doing similar one-off things that we can add tie journaling into as well yeah that'll be awesome yeah well I'm very excited to see what happens and to continue participating because it's just um it's just such a treat yeah thanks I love people that have come to one class and then there's people that have come that keep coming back and that is very rewarding to me. Yeah. The, I, I feel like there were a few of them at the class that I mm-hmm. attended and you could just tell that they were very excited to be there. So yeah, thank no you. surprise. Um, well, before I let you go, yes. if you don't mind just telling people where they can find you, yeah. plug your, your sites and your things. Yeah. So if you look me up on Instagram, it's journaling classes. And from there, um, you'll find all of my other stuff on my personal page. I post a lot of just other stuff tied to mindfulness, Mm -hmm. um, like how I'm taking care of myself or the things that I'm working through. I'm super open and vocal on there too. So I welcome you to say hi to me on my personal page, which is just eCherto. But journaling classes on Instagram is the best place to begin. Um, You can also email me. I love when people send me emails. Yeah. Um, It's just M-E-M-Cherto, C-H-E-R-T-O-W at gmail.com. Okay, And I can find a way to connect with people on there too. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing. Yeah, this really is a good conversation. glad that we got to do this. Me too. Thank you. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. This has been Thoughtful Intentions with Fiona Winch and Emily Cherto.